It is the desire and the objective and the goal. The heart's cry of our dad in heaven for everyone for all of humanity all of humankind it's his heart's cry for everyone to accept his son Yeshua the Messiah Yeshua HaMashiach into their hearts It's the desire of our daddy for everyone to accept Yeshua by faith into his heart, her heart, our hearts. But in doing so, it's not the end game. By doing so, it's not the conclusion of our walk. It's actually the beginning of our walk. That's why when you do it, you are born again. You don't die again. It may be the death of your flesh, but it is the birth of something. It is the goal but it's not the end goal. It's the goal for that to happen, and it's the beginning of something. It is a birth. It's been said here many times in the past how Yeshua, in the New Testament, in the book of Galatians by Paul, Rab Shaul, he calls Yeshua the seed of Abraham, and he makes a connection. He said that the promise went to the seed of Abraham, not seeds, plural, of Abraham, but to the seed who is Messiah. So knowing that Yeshua is the seed, it gives fuller meaning to why he created humankind out of earth. Because earth without seed is just dirty. It's just a pile of dirt. But when the seed of Abraham, who is Messiah, the Son of God, is planted in the earth, it begins to mature and it begins to grow. And it begins to bear fruit. So it is the heart's desire of our Father for all of us piles of dirt to accept Yeshua, the seed, into our hearts so he comes in and then we begin to grow and mature and begin to bear fruit. Without that, we're just dirty. So it is not just the desire of our Father for us to accept Yeshua. It's the desire of our Father to accept Yeshua and then to manifest Yeshua. To be 
Yeshua, to represent Yeshua, to reflect Yeshua, to operate with him in us as Yeshua. So when they see you, they see him. <coughs> Yeshua said to one of his disciples, I think it was Philip, I think, he said, show me the Father. He said, how long have you been with me? And you got to say, now show me the Father. If you see me, you see the Father. And then Yeshua prayed, Father, as you are in me, me and I am in them. May they be as one as you and I are one. You in me, me in them. And then the world will know that you, Father, have sent the Son. So if the Father is in Yeshua, and Yeshua is in us, when they see us, they see Yeshua, and within Yeshua is the Father. It's not the end game to accept him. If it was the end game to just accept him, he would save us and kill us. The end is to accept him and then to manifest him, to be him, to bear fruit that contains him. If he is seed, what contains seed? The fruit. You want to reflect him, you want to be him, you want to pass him out, just pass out some fruit, because that contains the seed. These days there's too much fruit that doesn't contain any seed. They even make it that way. You go to the store, you buy fruit, it's got no seed. Susie and I were in Florida. Um, at a congregation ministering in music just a few weeks ago, and somebody gave me a lemon yeah. from his tree in his yard. Because apparently in Florida, it's pretty common to have citrus trees in your yard. So he gave me a lemon. So I was like, excellent. So I ate the lemon. It's plain. But when I opened it up, I couldn't believe how much seed was in it. I forgot because of the, the capitalistic mindset of just giving the people what they want. And, you know, and I understand, hey, I like fruitless seed. I don't have to spit it out. There's a convenience to it. I get why they made it. But I forgot how much seed is actually in the fruit. Like every bite, I was spitting out two or three seeds. Religion is like seedless fruit. It may taste okay, but it doesn't propagate anything. We are not meant to be seedless fruit. Yeshua is the seed. And the fruit that we bear has
has him within it. It's not enough to just accept him. The goal is to be him, to manifest him. This is why Abraham believed, but it wasn't enough to just believe. Because God went to Abraham and said, okay, Abraham, you believe in me. You believe in the one true God. You believe in the God of Abraham. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> you believe in El Shaddai. But it's not just enough to believe in me. I need you to manifest me. So take your son, your only son that you love, on the mountain and kill him. Because it's not enough to just believe in me. You need to manifest me on earth. So do what I do. Because the Messiah said he does only what he sees the Father doing. And the Father gave up his son, his only son that he loves willingly. So he goes to Abraham, take your son, your only son that you love, and bring him up to the mountain and sacrifice him. Because it's not enough for you to just believe you need to manifest. And in doing so, he was manifesting divine love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So whosoever, whosoever believes will have life. Isn't it interesting that he went to Abraham and he said, take your only son that you love and do this. It wasn't his only son. He still had Ishmael, but he said, take your only son. Why? Because it was a prophetic thing. Because he was doing what the father was doing, who gave his son, his only son, because he loved the world. And when it says in scripture, an interesting thing, when it says, Abraham, take the son that you love, the Hebrew word for love, ahava, that is the first time in all of scripture that the word love is used. It's used in the context of Abraham taking his son that he loves and bringing him up to be sacrificed. Because that is the definition of love. It's not enough to just accept him. Once you accept him and believe, then you have to be him. That is the goal. That's the way it was for Abraham. That's even the way it is for Isaac, who had to understand what it means to lay his life down willingly and have it restored to him. And activate the reality when God said, I will provide the lamb. But then it wasn't the lamb, it was the ram that was caught in the thickets because the lamb was a future event, the lamb of God. It wasn't enough for Isaac to just believe in the one true God. He had to experience what God experiences and be him on this earth. Jacob believed in God. It wasn't enough to believe in God. He needed to put on the skins of his older brother and present himself to the father for a blessing so the father would feel his son, but not feel him, feel his older brother. He would feel his older brother, smell his older brother, and pronounce blessing. And that's what we do with Yeshua. We put on the skins of our older brother. So when the father touches us, he's touching him. Do you understand? 
So when the father touches us, he touches his, the, our older brother, Yeshua, and he says, this smells like my son. Ah, like the field. And he pronounces blessing, and we get the blessing. Jacob had to experience that because it's not enough to just believe he had to manifest the nature of God, what he does. Same thing with the matriarchs. Rebecca had to do the same thing. She takes this one Jacob who did not deserve the blessing. The blessing, by rights, had to go to Esau because he was the firstborn. But she said, I see something in this other one. And she said, I'm taking you to the father. And if I'm wrong by doing this, may the curse be on me, is what she said. Hello, Yeshua, who takes us to the father without us deserving it. And he goes to the Father, brings us to be blessed by the Father, and says, may the curse be on me. She needed to manifest the Son of God. So that is the end goal, to manifest, not just to be. So how do we manifest? It may not be as... Nuts for us sometimes is taking our only son and sacrificing him, although sometimes it is how many of us have had to sacrifice something that we love. Why does Adonai call us to do that? So we can not just believe in him, that we can manifest what he does, who gave up his son. Does Adonai call us sometimes to have a heart and a compassion for a broken person who has no reason to be blessed? And we do something like, like Rebecca did. I'm bringing you to the Father. If I'm wrong, let the curse be on me. How many have somebody that did that for you? When you were in a state of brokenness and somebody said, I am bringing you to the Father to be blessed. If I'm wrong about you, I don't care what the world is saying. Let the curse be on me if I'm wrong. Manifesting Yeshua. Manifesting Yeshua. It's just that simple. It's all about that fruit. About that fruit. About that fruit. About that fruit. It's all about that fruit. What is the fruit? I've said it before. It's not that complex. Love, joy, patience, self-control, peace. peace. Huh? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Nine. It's just that simple. The world is starving, starving for fruit. Starving for fruit. Our enemies are starving, starving for fruit. We get a lot, of, we do a lot of conversing. We do a lot of arguing. Especially in political election times. <laughs> but even the ones that we have no agreement with are starving to eat the fruit that carries the seed.
starving for it. Religion, Christianity, Messianic Judaism, we do a good job at, at speaking about Yeshua to others, which has its value, but greater value is being him so people can eat the fruit of the Spirit, which contains seed. That is exactly the same seed that was planted in you. Creation eagerly awaits the manifestation of the sons of God. And the world is starving. Because it's eating too much seedless fruit from Yeshua's body. So we enter into this portion in the Torah for, of Esau. We have not seen Esau in 20 years. The last we saw Esau, 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 was when Jacob dressed himself as him, so he kind of took the blessing from him. Esau was like, no! Daddy, don't you have anything left for me? <laughs> Thank you, Peter. <laughs> Thank you for laughing. You're welcome. Do you have anything left? Anything left? And Jacob was like, I got nothing left. I gave it to him, and it's going to stay because it didn't come through me. If it wasn't me, if it was me, I could just give it to you, but I can't. It was from my father. It went to Jacob. I can't do anything. Don't you have anything for me, Dad? <laughs> At that time, he didn't even want any more lentils. So his father said, yeah, I got something for you. You're going to serve your brother. You're going to be away from the fat of the land. You're going to have the opposite blessing of him. But one day you'll break his yoke off of your neck. Well, no. He was like Luke Skywalker. I am your father. No! It says that he yelled, he like a big yell, you know? That's how I see it. No! So then he had the great idea, because if he wasn't going to be, the, if he wasn't going to get the blessing of being the firstborn son, the normal way, he's going to do it the other way. When Dad dies, I'm killing him, and then I'll be the only son, and I got to get the blessing that way. Well, Mom heard about that one. Jacob, your brother's going to kill you once Dad dies. Get the heck out of here, now. Just go. Go find yourself a wife. Go find yourself a good Jewish woman. I'm just gonna say, you're gonna go find yourself a good Jewish woman. Don't joke, don't marry a shiksa, whatever you do. Your brother Esau married a shiksa, and she bothers the heck out of me. I can't take the Hittite shiksa woman. Go marry a Jew. Go marry.
somebody from her own family, please. Yeah, all right, Susie. And don't go too far. Don't go too far. It's not going to miss you so much. Move back to New Jersey, please. Move back to New Jersey. I love you, Brian. I love you, Brian. I love you, Brian. What the heck are we talking about here? So Jacob flees, and we know what happened. He found his way to Padan Aram, finds himself a wife, finds himself another wife, finds himself another wife, finds himself another wife. That's my boy. <laughs> At least they're all Jewish. Has himself 12 kids, 12 boys, one girl. Had to work 14 years for them, worked seven. We know the story for Rachel, but he wound up getting Leah. Because what comes around goes around. He tricked his brother, and then he gets tricked. It's in the Bible, right? What comes around goes around? Something like that. <laughs> Had to work another seven years because for to have Rachel. And then, like, he needed to, some flocks. It was time to go, but he was kind of empty-handed. So then he pulled some trickery with his, his uncle, Lovin, where he, like, he made sure that the strong sheep, you know, were speckled and spotted. Because he said, I'm only going to take the speckled and spotted ones because those are the weak ones, the less valuable ones. So he kind of took the strong ones and made them speckled and spotted, did some, like, genetic engineering kind of thing. So he wound up, like, pummeling Lovin, Laban. That took six years. 20 years, this whole thing took. We haven't heard boo from Esau. What happened to Esau in those 20 years, we don't know. But we do have a little hint. Because God, after 20 years, told Jacob, time to go back to the land of your fathers. Land of your fathers. So there he was in Padam Aram, and he had to go back to the land of his fathers. And between Padan Aram and the land of his fathers in Canaan, there stood a little territory called Seir. And wouldn't you know it, it so happens to be where our hairy hero Esau settled. 20 years ago. So he had to pass through the territory of his brother, and last he heard of his brother, his brother wanted him dead. But God said, you have to go to the land of your fathers, and in between here and there was Esau, and he had to go through it. And this is how Adonai works, because God is a God of restoration not a god of division. So if he's going to go to the land of his fathers, he has to go through the territory of Esau and have a confrontation that he does not want. He can't avoid it. There's no other way around it. He's got to go through it. So he first has some confidence. An angel met him. He said, this is the house of the Lord, the camp of the Lord. Because an angel met him. Hallelujah. Go, messenger, and tell Esau that his brother's coming. <laughs> Probably was all confident. Messenger comes back. He's coming your way with 400 men. <laughs> oh! 
so much for the confidence. So we know what he did. He, he, he separated his camps like a chicken. The funny thing is, you read the Jewish commentaries, our, our people, our Jewish people, they don't want to talk bad about the patriarchs ever. Everything they did was great. You know, and so if you read the Jewish commentaries about what, what Jacob did at that moment, it's like he did the best thing. He was all strategizing, you know, it was all this perfect strategy. I tell you, there was no strategy there. He was chicken. He put his, like a, like a wimp, he put like his wives that he hated the, lead, the most or didn't like the most, put them in the front, then separated, you know, by the people he loved. And the ones he loved, he kept back. You know, what a wimpo, you know? And so, so, you know, and each one had gifts. He gave the, the one in front some chocolates. He gave the, ne the next one, like, a bouquet of flowers. He gave the next one, you know, a new, brand new car. You know, the gifts kept getting better and better. You know, and maybe it, he'll just accept the gifts and drive away. Didn't happen. Finally runs in to Esau. And Esau, who 20 years ago wanted to kill him, ran to him and cried and embraced him and cried on his shoulder. And then Jacob cried and said, seeing your face, my enemy, Seeing your face is like seeing the face of God. It's not enough to just believe. Even for Esau, he had to manifest God. Divine love. Divine forgiveness. Jacob never could have realized that over those 20 years, something could have happened in the heart of Esau to make him forgive him. So he loved him. A few days before this event, Jacob, because he separated everybody in the camps, he was left, finally left all alone. And he wrestled with a, an angel. They had a wrestling match. Do we know the story? They had a wrestling match. Eventually, daybreak happened, and the wrestling match ended because the angel, who could have kicked his butt from the beginning, finally just went doink into his hip. That was the end of that. But he named the place Peniel, face of God, because he saw God, he wrestled with God and with man and, and, and survived. And he saw divine. He saw God. God said, you can't look at me face to face, you're going to die. He said, I saw God and lived. So I'm calling the place Peniel, face of God. Well, what did that mean? What does it mean to see the face of God? Was it just that he saw the angel? Was it just that he wrestled with God? Did he see Yeshua? It was a prophecy of what was about to happen. Because he called that place Peniel, face of God. Moments later, he encountered his enemy. And his enemy showed him grace and love and compassion and forgiveness. And then Jacob said, seeing you is seeing the face of God. 
Well done, Esau. Esau the seesaw. <laughs> well done, Esau. Because it wasn't enough for you to believe. You manifested God. You manifested the one that said, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Well done, Esau. You manifested it. And you, not only that, you activated the reality that there will be a people group outside of the line of Jacob, the Jewish people, who will bless them, who they think is an enemy. But they will bless them and love them. And Jacob will say, seeing you is like seeing the face of God. More on that at the Blessed Israel event tomorrow. <laughs> So you better get your butts there. Get your butts there. B-U-T-T-S. So it's not enough to believe. It's manifesting. I guarantee that Esau, when God went to him and said, well done, he went, what the heck did I do? Because it wasn't as, you know, it wasn't as elaborate and like this huge thing, right? It wasn't like Abraham, you know, sacrificing his son. It wasn't this incredible spiritual thing. It was something that he could just like ignore. It's like, I just showed the guy love. Whoop-de-doo. Oh, no whoop-de-doo for you. Showing love is spiritual fruit. And I am in that fruit, Messiah says. I am in that fruit. You show your enemy love. I'm there. I am there. I am that love. So when you show the fruit of that love, I am the seed in that love. You show somebody joy and compassion and all these things that we just listed, Yeshua is the seed in that fruit. And Jacob, Israel, and the world is hungry for it, is hungry for it. So that's that, that's that. That's my charge to you today. Don't just believe, be him. In his name, amen. 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 amen.